One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Today, I am your host. Rich has made it official last week that I am now going to have the reins. Um, so I am your host Liam at the FSA tweets on Twitter, and as I've already brought, like hinted that Rich is still here. So Rich at Dynasty Island on Twitter, how are you doing, bud? I'm good. It's it's nice that I get I get hinted that I'm I'm appearing on the pod. Um, I, I, I didn't realise that uh, that it, it was being taken away from me, Liam. <laughs> I'm not saying that it'll be taken away from you, but um, we've got a massive two weeks behind the scenes recording wise because we've got about five podcasts we need to record just because of the guests um, and schedules that we need to fit in but first of all guys rich's birthday was yesterday that's why we're late to blame rich but rich how was your birthday buddy it was very good i'd like to say that we postponed it 24 hours to fit in better with free agency but um but yeah, no, it, it was my birthday yesterday. Um, I, sp- I spent most of the evening looking after my little one who's got chicken pox. So, um, so yeah, not not quite the birthday you dream of. Oh but, uh, but yeah, it, it was all good. It was all good. <laughs> all right, I'll stop ripping into you now. Should we get straight into it? Because we've got a massive, absolutely massive show. Um, if you don't know, 
this has been the past two days has been the legal tampering period, which is where free agents can't actually sign deals, but they can essentially commit to deals that they have talks with uh, different teams. So that started, uh, I think it was four o'clock on Monday, Richard. Correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Nope, um, right. And then it's ending today, tomorrow. Oh, I, I think it's this. This, I think it's forty eight hours. So I think it's I think it has ended. Yeah, Eastern, yeah. So I think we're we're good. I don't know okay. when the moratorium passes, but yeah, I think we're legal tampering and new new year is official now, I believe. Well, there we go. Happy League New Year, everyone. But we thought we'd start with some significant news because when I say some, there has been a lot, and I mean a lot. Um Yes, Rich, you can't get away from the significant news this week. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Not really, but sorry. So we'll start off uh, with probably the biggest news coming into this week. Tom Brady, after I believe it was something like 40 days of retirement, has unretired. He is back. He's coming back to the books. And um, Rich, you're, you're second for... Tom Brady take isn't as bad as it was a week ago. I feel I feel a lot better that uh, <laughs> that Tom Brady has come back. It's made made me look not quite so stupid. Um, but yeah, look, obviously spending all that time with Giselle is is such a terrible thought that Brady couldn't 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 keep away. Um, yeah, look, I, I think this is fantastic news for fantasy. It means you know all those great weapons and options in Tampa are, are suddenly back to being fantasy relevant. Um, if you're a, a contender, I, I think Tom Brady's a fantastic buy if, if you can get him for a second. Um, because we I heard that about six weeks ago, Rich. Yeah, but but at least he's, he's not retired now, so you know that he's going to give you probably yeah. back end QB one production this year, and I'd easily pay a second for that. I, to be honest, I'd probably pay a late first for that right now, uh, but I don't, I don't think you have to pay that. To be honest. So moving on in the news, we had. Uh, Zach Ertz re-signed with the Cardinals. I believe this happened just before um, free agency hit or the legal tampering period hit. He signed a three-year, $31 million deal. Um, one thing I'm going to caveat with this for you guys, listeners, um, a lot of the numbers that we're telling you are just being what has been reported we haven't had a chance to look at all of the deals individually to see how they're structured. So as I'm sure you, you're sick of us saying now, Aaron Jones, when he signed that contract, even though it's a four-year X amount deal, it kind of looked like a two-year deal and they've restructured it and it still kind of looks like a two-year deal. So even though I say three years, 31 mil, it could be a, a very short and front-loaded deal. So. Zach Ertz has re-signed with the Cardinals. And then we've also got a massive trade. I mean, not as big as the Russell Wilson trade last week, but Cowboys wide receiver, or no longer Cowboys wide receiver, Amari Cooper was traded to the Browns. So that trade looked like Amari Cooper and a sixth-round pick from the Cowboys to the Browns for a fifth and a sixth. So really, Rich, it's a swap of six for the Browns and a fifth for Amari Cooper. 
that will most likely come down to the deal being quite big. But what do you feel about that, mate? I think it's an incredible deal. Um, I think for the Browns, I think it's fantastic. You know, they've got a clear hole as that, that number one receiver. I think, yes, Amari Cooper isn't your prototypical X, but he's a guy that, you know, is, is better than anything that they were going to get anywhere else. And to get him for a fifth and essentially a trade of sixths, I think it's a fantastic deal. I think some of the reports coming out and it's always, you always take this with a pinch of salt because whenever a player leaves, all the journalists kind of dig out all their, their rubbish stories about a player. And he's been trashed by a few people coming out of Dallas, but potentially some questions around maturity and, and kind of culture fit and that sort of things. But on paper, this is a great move for the Browns. Who's going to be throwing him the ball? I don't know. You know, yes, that, that contract was big, but it's, as, as we'll come on to, it's, it's perhaps not as big now where uh, a few players have been signed in uh, in the free agency period. I think it's basically, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the Cowboys basically said, we want Gallup and Schultz rather than Amari Cooper. And that was essentially the decision they made. I mean, for the cap hit that Amari Cooper was going to carry on the uh, on the Cowboys, you could fit what Gallup and um, Schultz have ended up signing for within that. So I, I can see where they're coming from. You don't really need Cooper, Gallup, uh, Schultz and Lamb. I mean, they wanted it last year and it didn't quite work out through injuries, but I can understand why they've done it. Moving on, Kirk Cousins signed an extension, a one-year $35 million dollar deal fully guaranteed which is crazy to me the crazier part is he's got a no trade clause now the reason he's done this is the well for, for him personally it's fully guaranteed and he has no now has a no trade clause so that means he can say no to any trade to a team that he doesn't want to go to but uh the benefit for the Vikings in this is they get to push a bunch of cap back until next year um, and give them a bit of room for wiggle this year. Then another trade happened. You have Carson Wentz um, got traded to the Commanders. That happened, um, I think, in kind of a, a result of the Russell Wilson trade and then the Aaron Rodgers re-signing um, I can't, I'm sure we covered this last week, didn't we, Rich? The Aaron Rodgers re-signing? Yeah, we covered, we covered Rodgers and, and Russ. Um, of course. And then, yeah, Wentz, I think, was Thursday, wasn't it? So Yeah. So I just wanted to double-check. We weren't going to cover it twice. So, yeah, the, the Wentz trade happened. That's a swap of seconds in the Colts' favour, a, a 22-third and a 23-third that turns into a second if Wentz plays... 70% of snaps, which I'm sure teams seem to love putting in there for Wentz for some reason. And then Washington get back Wentz um, and a seventh. And obviously the cold second. So, Rich, how do you think this impacts Wentz and impacts, I suppose, Terry McLaurin is the biggest it's one here. Bit, it's a bit of a nothing, isn't it? I think for Wentz, for me, he, he's not moved really at all in terms of valuation. He was always going to end up as a starter somewhere. Um, it, it was just a case of where. I think he's he's too good a quarterback not to be starting. Um, I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to, to lead his team to many wins. But um, 
look, he's, he's my QB 24. He's, he's a plug and play kind of QB three. I think if he was anything more than that, I'd be a little bit depressed for Terry McLaurin. I, I, no, I've never been the biggest Terry McLaurin guy. I've never understood the people that have held him up as a, you know, a top 12, top 15 wide receiver when the guy's never done anything more than I think top, I don't think he's had a top 20 season in his career. And he's he's sneaky old because he was a late declare from college. I think he's 27, something like that. Um, that I, I'm, I'm not going out and buying Terry McLaurin off the back of this news. Um, it's it's kind of just just a bit of a nothing. Uh, he, he sits in at that sort of wide receiver 20 range. Don't feel particularly excited about anything to do with this move. But I guess for the commanders, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep calling them Washington. I guess for Washington... <laughs> It's it's it basically means they're not panicking now, and I think that they can still look for the long term option because I don't think Wentz is that at all. Um, but it means that they're not in the panic situation. It's basically where they were last year with when they brought in Fitzpatrick, in that they thought they had a placeholder for a year, maybe two, and they can go and find the long term option because I'm certainly convinced Wentz isn't that. So. In other news, we've got Jacoby Myers had his second round tender put on him. Um, so he's staying in New England. I can't imagine anyone wants to play pay a second rounder for Jacoby Myers. Then we had some weird news this week with Baker Mayfield. Um, he essentially put a goodbye, a goodbye message onto his social medias, but nothing has come out around. Um, why he's done that apparently it was more him just kind of having a bit of a uh, a look back in and be a bit more appreciative but I, I don't know where this goes I, I think that that is the end of Baker and Cleveland I know that there's been a lot of talk around and a lot of rumors around Cleveland moving on there's been a lot of rumors about Deshaun Watson uh, potentially being traded there, but I believe I saw before we went live, Rich, that they are now out of the running. The Browns are. So this this is just this is just Baker Mayfield being an absolute diva. I I I like Baker Mayfield. I like the the way he carries himself on the pitch, but stuff like this is just him. Like he, he he's coming across as a complete idiot. He's throw threw his toys out the pram at the end of the season, saying. Oh, he's going to request a trade if the Browns don't want him. And now the Browns are supposedly rumoured in a massive quarterback upgrade to get Deshaun Watson, and he's throwing his toys out the pram. Like, this is just him trying to exert any sort of leverage, which he doesn't have any leverage. Baker Mayfield is going to be lucky to be back in Cleveland next year as the starting quarterback. If not, he's going to be shipped off, and he'll probably be a starting quarterback somewhere else. But but he doesn't have any leverage to be demanding that big contract that he wants. So this is just him trying to, you know, control his own narrative and and try and put stuff out there. It's, it's just ridiculous. It just comes across as a really petulant little child. Okay, Rich, rant over. Let's uh, let's move on before I trigger you again. Um, Deshaun Watson. There's been a lot of rumours. I mean, a lot of rumours. Um, he's potentially going to the Saints, the Panthers, the the Browns until about 15, 20 minutes ago. Um, and the Falcons, they've all met with Deshaun Watson. And uh, by the sounds of it, the way the Texans are doing it is 
um they the other teams are not allowed to meet with Deshaun Watson until the Texans approve a trade for him so uh the reason is Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause so he could say no to any trade that the Texans agree to so they're essentially doing it the other way around and making sure they've got a trade in place before they even allow a team to to talk to Watson um with the Browns dropping out, Rich, that now looks like the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons um, are all in contention. Basically, is going to the NFC South. Um, just from the names that we've been hearing, are there any of those teams you'd prefer him on? I think the the team I'd prefer him on would be Cleveland. Um, if you're saying I'm, I'm just looking now, I can't see anything around Cleveland being out on um the Sean. So if you're saying that I'll I'll, I'll take that. But I've I've seen that they've said Cleveland are out on Baker, but I've not seen that they're out on Deshaun. Um but anyway, we'll we'll leave that. I think the favourite is the Saints. I think that makes too much sense. I think they're in a position where they can go and be really aggressive. Um I'm not quite sure how they're gonna manage the um potential cap gymnastics to try and get him you know they're already tight up against the cap i know that that they do it every year and they restructure contracts to get under the cap but Deshaun watson's not coming with a small cap number and i'd be very interested to see how they're going to try and do the gymnastics to get under that um i think the panthers look if if the sean watson turns around and says that he wants to go to the panthers with the state of their offensive line with the state of that essentially franchise with potentially matt rule being pretty desperate i'd be gobsmacked I think that the Panthers obviously are, are desperately interested in Deshaun Watson, but the fact that the Deshaun Watson has that no trade clause and can essentially pick his own destination, I'd be gobsmacked if he picked the Panthers because, okay, they've got DJ Moore. Okay, they've potentially got Christian McCaffrey. All the rumours are is that he could be involved in the trade. And then they've got, you know, Robbie Anderson, who up based on last year was terrible. Let's, let's hope he was the Robbie Anderson of two years ago. but. If he picks the Panthers and that's that offensive line after leaving Houston and the joke that they were, I, I, I think a lot less of him than I already do. Uh, Atlanta is is interesting because it's obviously you know where he's from. It's he's he's ten minutes down the road essentially was where he grew up, but they're in, they're in probably a worse situation than the Texans in terms of what they got. If if they were to trade him, they'd basically have Cole Pitts, AJ Terrell, and and nothing else. Um, I presume they would have traded away a load of picks to to get Deshaun Watson. So I think if he goes anywhere other than the Saints or Browns, I'd be gobsmacked. Um, I think Saints are clearly the favourites, um, but I'm, I'd be very intrigued to see him on the Browns because I think that 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 roster is pretty much ready to go. You know, they've gone and got that number one receiver in Cooper, and they're pretty much there now. The, the offensive line is fantastic. Obviously, the running game's electric. The, the defense is is built, you know, to win now. If if they could maybe add another receiver in free agency or another receiver in the draft, that that could be an absolutely monster team. Um, in what is already a, a loaded AFC, let's be honest. Yeah, so I've just had a look, and I can't find the news that I was looking at. So I don't know where I've got that from. So the Browns are still in, guys. Yeah, um, I see Diana Diana Rias, Rossini. Of ESPN, she said after some conversations, even if the Cleveland Browns 
are not able to land quarterback Deshaun Watson, the sense I get is that Baker Mayfield will still consider other options. So basically, maybe I misread that. Yeah, maybe it looks like they're editing. they're moving on from Baker, which let's be honest, I'm, I'm not gobsmacked by. Um, but yeah. So um, other news: Devante Adams. He's come out this week and said that he will not play on the franchise tag that has been given to him. Rich, I said this um, in a few leagues. I'm not sure whether I said it in the five-yard chat, but I think this is Adams trying to play his leverage because he knows that the closer he gets to the season, the less leverage he has. Um, I'm not 100% on whether he's actually not going to play because of all of the mentality all the mentality that I've seen of Devante Adams, he's always spoken about playing for every dollar that he he can get. So that would completely be against what he's got at the moment. Maybe it is a short-term pain for long-term game situation and he doesn't want to risk not getting a big payday um, by getting injured this year. But I can't see it happening personally. I think he's going to play. It's, it's non-news to me that. I read that and immediately just deleted it and moved on because that what every, every player that is franchise tagged ever says I'm not willing to pay on the franchise tag because nobody wants to do it. Everybody wants a long-term contract. If you're Devonte Adams, what would you rather pay play for 20 million for one year with no long-term security or sign, you know, a four-year 130 million dollar contract with 50-60 million dollars guaranteed? Of course you'd take the the latter rather than the former. And I think that the only leverage Devonta Adams has got right now in order to get that that long-term contract is to basically say, I'm not going to play. And, you know, we talked about the Rogers contract last week. We've seen the numbers come out this week. You know, they've cleared that 20 plus million dollars in cap space with Rogers contract to push everything to go all in in this next year or two. Devontae Adams is a massive part of that. And, I think it's non-news. Devontae Adams is going to get signed to a long-term deal. It's just a matter of if, uh, of when, not if, for me. Uh, and then following the Amari Cooper trade to the Browns, Jarvis Landry was released. Um, I can't remember whether it was a few days or a few hours or a day later, but it was released. And then news just before we went live Julio Jones was released from the Tennessee Titans. So, Rich, um, how do you feel about Julio getting released? Not hugely surprised, if I'm being honest. Um, obviously, it wasn't much in terms of dead cap hit, and he was—I think he was twenty-plus mil in terms of his cap hit this year. So, it's not hugely surprising to see him out the door. Um, it, it, I, I do really like him as an intriguing option. I know he didn't have the greatest year last year, but I really think he could be potentially someone that that could look really good um, as a as a number two, as a number three option on a win now team. Um, I'm just looking now. So the um, Titans saved only three million in cutting him by the looks of it. So not a huge cash saving, uh, but. I guess they felt that that he wasn't worth the money he was getting. Uh, look, would you be shocked if you saw Julio Jones essentially just sitting out for the next month or so, and he can, you know, after the draft, pick pick the best destination? There's plenty of teams, you know. Could he could he go and join 
maybe Cleveland if if Deshaun Watson goes there and be the wide receiver two opposite Amari Cooper. There's there's plenty of landing spots, and I think he's going to be able to pick the home that basically gives him the best opportunity to go and win a title. Um, so for Julio Jones, this is probably a really good thing, and I wouldn't be shocked if we saw over the next you know week or two whether perhaps this was Julio Jones pushing to be released rather than necessarily the Titans releasing him as such. So. Rich, with the significant news finally out of the way, 22 minutes into the pod, let's start with the the big news um, that has dropped over the past 48 hours. Who has been signed or who has committed to signing, because they can't actually sign at this point, um, to signing a deal with uh, either a new team or some people have actually re-signed as well. Rich, we'll start off with the very first deal that dropped that was fantasy relevant anyway. Um, Chase Edmonds signing with Miami. Two years, 12.6 mil. Do you like this signing? I absolutely love it. I, I love this landing spot. I can still see Miami drafting a back or maybe adding a, a lower on the depth chart back, but I absolutely love this. I think he's going to be the 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 lead back in Miami. Yes, it's, it's, I have to say, it is whoever Chase Edmonds, you know, agent is, and the Miami Brass. It's incredible work because, considering they signed the contract within what was it two minutes of uh, legal tampering opening, it's incredible work. How how to you know how his agent and Miami were able to agree to the financials, you know, the exact length of the contract, the guaranteed money in ninety seconds send that you know to Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport whoever broke it so that they could send the tweet out that's incredible work because um yeah I'm, I'm not sure I could do that in you know in an hour let alone 90 seconds so hat, hats off to their agent he's obviously a, a very impressive man um no in all in all seriousness really like the deal for Miami I think it's a you know he's he's the kind of guy that I like going and buying in in free agency it's it's that middle tier that you know if, if he doesn't work out you've not spent much money it's a fairly low cost deal there's not a huge amount of guaranteed money and the potential to to recoup value off it is is high I think Chase Edmonds has shown over the last two years that he's a great back between the 20s he was never really given that opportunity in the goal line um obviously there James Connor who was very efficient down there so it makes sense but I think as a as a 1A, whether they want to go and spend a high draft pick and bring in a 1A and he's the 1B, I, I really like it. I think it's a plug and play. And I think from a fantasy perspective, from a dynasty perspective, you know, he's a really nice, probably back end RB2 now. Um, if, if, if I can have him in my kind of flex conversation on a week to week basis, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So while we're on Chase Edmonds, we may as well go with the the second deal that dropped, and it dropped very closely after. Um, James Connor, who Chase Edmonds shared the backfield with over in Arizona, re-signed with the Arizona Cardinals three years, twenty-one mil. I think this is a great deal for James Connor, and I said a few weeks ago that I do believe, or I did believe, 
that Chase Edmonds or James Connor, one of them would be staying, one of them would be going, I can't see them re-signing both. And that's exactly what happened. I I absolutely love this landing spot. Um, Arizona showed that they trusted Connor in the uh, in the red zone a lot more than Chase Edmonds. I can again I can see them adding a lower end back um, in the draft. Someone if we look to last year, someone like uh, Gain uh, Kenny Gainwell that can catch the ball out of the backfield and and be that number two. But again, I I quite like this from James Connor. But I just, for a dynasty perspective, you're probably buying him for short-term gain there. I will never understand how NFL teams work when it comes to this sort of contract. Okay, I've just talked through Chase Edmonds. I think you know he's got half the guaranteed money. It's a short-term contract for a similar level player. The Arizona Cardinals last year struck absolute gold. They waited out free agency at running back for what two three weeks they let Kenyon drake go and sign that stupid contract in las vegas with the raiders and then they picked up james connor who signed last year a one-year 1.75 million dollar deal and and got incredible value off the back of that so after they've gone and done that and basically paid peanuts and got great production they've then gone oh we we need to go and spend loads of money and they're turning around and signing almost $14 million guaranteed to James Connor. I just don't get it. This is a guy that was available for, you know, less than $2 million last year. And you're paying him above market. You know, this is above average money. And you're guaranteeing two years of the contract and, and offering up the third. You know, it, I just I just can't get my head around it. I think, yes, he, he, he had... A decent year last year, he produced incredibly in the red zone and was fantastic from that side of things. But I just can't get my head around the logic of the Cardinals saying, let's throw money at James Conner after we basically picked him up for free last year. Surely you just back yourself and say, look, if James Conner's going to go and get a massive contract in free agency elsewhere, great. We'll find the next James Conner and do it again on a cheap. I just can't get my head around paying him. I don't think he is... Uh, you know, a difference maker at the position. Dare I say it, I think he's going to fall into that volume-based RB2 conversation. I think he's going to be overpriced in both in Dynasty and Redraft. Um, I think if you can sell now off the back of that hype, I think it's a really good opportunity. I've, I've just been asked by one of my patrons that he's been offered a 2023 first straight up for James Conner, and, and that was absolutely, that. A, absolutely a smash. Right, right now, I'd take probably two seconds if i can get the 111 112 in this year's draft i'm probably taking that for james connor right now i really don't think he's going to be as productive next year as he was this year i know people are probably thinking oh but he was so fantastic from a touchdown perspective last year and now chase edmonds has gone well look deandre hopkins didn't exactly have an incredible year last year i think this offense is going to be more productive through the air um, and I think that James Connor's definitely being being overvalued by many in, in Dynasty at the moment. So, Rich, the next few I'm going to clump together because they have all gone to the Jaguars and they're all receiving options. So if you haven't seen um, any of the news for the past 48 hours, the Jags have been spending like 
I don't even know a metaphor. They've just been spending a ridiculous amount on players that I probably wouldn't have assumed that they would have. Um, so, first of all, Christian Kirk broke the internet um, as the first big wide receiver contract to go down. And it was a four-year, 72 million deal. Um, but I know, Rich, you're going to get into it in a minute. When you look at the contract, it is a little bit different when, you, when you're looking at the, uh, the, the yearly specifics. But yeah, that was a huge contract. You've also got Zay Jones signed a three-year, 24 million guaranteed deal with um, upside to 30 million. Um, again, that's crazy money for a guy that was the wide receiver, what, three on the on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I nearly said Oakland Raiders. That's why it took me so long I had to think of the actual name. Um, and then they decided to address their tight end position and they added Evan Ingram. Um, so out of those three, Rich, the two wide receivers I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I quite liked Kirk's availability going into the offseason of where he could go. But I thought if he went anywhere where he needed to be the wide receiver one or they don't have a current wide receiver one, um, I'd struggle with him. And then, yeah, he's just gone to the Jags that have got, what, three or four wide receiver twos on that team now and not a clear wide receiver one. And then Evan Engram, I absolutely love the the landing spot for him. Yeah, I, I get the Evan Ingram deal. I think it's a you know it's a one year prove it deal. We've shown flashes. You know he had a fantastic rookie year. Bring him into a new um, you know landing spot. Doug Pedersen's had really good success with tight ends in his time. Um, whether that be in Philadelphia or obviously in Kansas before that, I think I completely get that. I, th- I think that signing. Yeah, it's probably a little expensive, but you have to pay a little bit of a premium to get Evan Ingram in the door. I don't think so. The other two contracts are absolutely mind-blowing, okay? Zay Jones is, to me, a replacement level receiver, okay? This is a guy that was traded from Buffalo to Las Vegas, I think a fifth or sixth round pick. He was basically given away. Um I don't get why you're paying that. This is the kind of guy that you can get for couple of million you know Kendrick Bourne last year went to the Patriots for I think what was it five million a year he's twice the receiver that Zay Jones is it's not like yes Zay Jones is is a guy that can move around and play a few different positions on offense he can contribute a little bit on special teams but he's not like an incredible guy that brings everything to the table he is massively overpaid and I just can't get my head around it um why you're paying him you know, eight million a year. I I just can't get it. I don't get why you're going to throw in that money at Zay Jones and saying we have to have Zay Jones. Wait, at, wait it out. You know, wait out a week. In a week's time, there will be plenty of equivalent guys to Zay Jones that you can get for a similar contract. I can't get my head around that at all. The Christian Kirk deal. Yes, I've I've talked on Twitter plenty about this. The initial report was absolutely mind-blowing. That was top top three wide receiver money ever in terms of that 21 average salary. Okay, it's it's come out and it's it's not quite that high. We're around that $80 million range, okay? 
that's essentially the, the contract that Kenny Golladay signed last year as the prized free agent who, you know, had shown that that X potential, had shown as a really great guy in Detroit. And yes, he had a terrible year last year in New York, but this contract for Christian Kirk is just mind-blowing. He's an average wide receiver 2-3. He's a guy that needs to play out of the slot to, you know, he's he's the seam stretcher. He's the deep threat out of the slot, which is a really useful role. But you don't go and pay a premium for it. You've got you there's now reports that they're having to look to trade LaVisca Chanel because they they need to get the space for Christian Kirk to get there. I just don't get it. Another contract, which I'm I'm messing up your running hold here, Liam. So Russell Gage signed with the Bucks for a three-year, $30 million deal, okay? Russell Gage is a better receiver than Christian Kirk. I'm sure everybody's going to be, like, flabbergasted that I've said that, okay? Go and look at any of the data. Go and watch them play. Russell Gage is a more versatile receiver. He can line up inside. He can line up outside. He's good at the short, intermediate, and he's an excellent deep threat. Okay. Russell Gage has a higher yards per route run. He has better advanced stats when you look at contested catch percentages. PFF have graded him higher in each of the last three years. Russell Gage is a better all round receiver than Christian Kirk. Yes, he wasn't as highly drafted, but. He is a better player. Yet, the Bucks were able to sign him for a three-year, $30 million deal, maybe like, you know, $20 million guaranteed. I don't know all the ins and outs. Okay, the Bucks are a Super Bowl contender. I get that. But you can't tell me that the Jags couldn't have offered him three years, $40 million and, and got Russell Gage. Instead, you paid double that to go and get Christian Kirk. I, I just can't get my head around it. This is what, you know, bad franchises overpay average players. And that's exactly what the Jags are doing. And I, I hear everybody on Twitter saying, well, they've got the cap space. They need to spend it somewhere. No, you don't. They don't. You don't need to go and overpay average players. You can use that cap space creatively. Go and sign two Russell Gage level players rather than Christian Kirk. If one of them hits, fantastic. You've got a great player at half the price. If one of them doesn't hit, you can cut him. Chances are Christian Kirk is never going to live up to this contract and you've just blown all that money on one player. Use your cap space selectively, intent, like smartly. There will be a team over the coming you know, weeks that will be trying to get off a contract. If you've got cap space, look at what Cleveland Brown did seven, eight years ago with the Brock Osweiler deal. They got a free second round pick because they were willing to take on the cap space to take on Brock Osweiler from the Texans. Why can't the Jags do that again this year? If you've got the cap space, use it. But the crazier thing is not only have they used that cap space terribly this year, they've not even used it this year. They've pushed all those contracts into next year. Russell Gage, Foyasad Aluakon, and um, Brandon Scherf have all got tiny cap hits this year and are all got cap hits of 20 million plus next year. Why? If you've got all this cap space and you need to use it, front load the contract so that if they do flop, you can get off it. If they hit, you're, you're in a great position in two, three years' time where you've got someone overproducing their contract. As it is, the, the, the Jags have basically said, 
we're not going to use our cap space this year on these players. We're going to push it into 2023 and 2024. Well, that's when you need to start allocating money for Trevor Lawrence. That's when you need to start thinking about that big contract. That's when you need to start penciling that into your cap space. Why you're going out and wasting this cap space on Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and yeah, Fosan Luakan, don't even get me started. That is that is mind blowing that you'd cut Miles Jack, who wow, you've you've just overpaid a, an off ball linebacker that didn't work out. So the solution is let's go and pay another one. You know, why they're paying that much money on those players, I do not get. I just can't get my head around it. Don't don't go and sign Christian Kirk. Go and sign. If that's the money he's wanting, say, great, go and get that somewhere else. Go and sign Juju Smith-Schuster and Russell Gage for the same money you've spent on Christian Kirk, and you, I guarantee you will have more production than Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. It is mind-blowing, and I will nev- nobody will ever be able to explain it to me because it's, it, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're a bad team. If you offer players more money, they will come. You've got zero state income tax. You're in Florida. You've got so much going for you. I just don't get why you need to do this deal on day one of free agency. Why overpay Christian Kirk? Because you can probably get a better player for half the price a week down the line. It's just stupid. And yeah, as as I've said, Russell Gage is a better wide receiver than Christian Kirk. End of. Are you done? I think so. Sorry, I've, that's that's <laughs> literally that's forty eight hours of pent up frustration about me not having a platform to rant about Christian Kirk. So, yeah, apologies, <laughs> apologies listeners, you you are my therapy there. I can't wait to have to edit that whole section and just see your wavelengths just scrolling across my screen. That's going to be brilliant. <laughs> so, um, we'll come off the Jags after setting Rich off on that uh, that little run. We had some smaller deals. So we had Teddy Bridgewater signed with Miami Dolphins for one year, 6.5, fully guaranteed. Um, so he's going to be the backup to Tua next year. You got Tevin Coleman re-signed with your Jets, Rich. Uh, very small deal, 650k guaranteed with an upside up to 1.35 mil. Uh, just a pure backup deal. And then um, we had... Mitchell Trubisky, after being basically nearly confirmed by most media outlets that he was going to the uh, Giants, has then not even done a U-turn because it wasn't confirmed, um, gone and signed with the Steelers for two years, 14.25 mil uh, guaranteed, which is rich. It's less than the Zay Jones deal. Yeah, it's... that's what crazy. It does have upside up to I think it was about 27, 28 million. So if he hits his incentives, he will be higher than that. But guaranteed wise, Zay Jones got higher guaranteed per year than Mitchell Trubisky did as a quarterback. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. And the I, I was again having this conversation with my patrons just before we came on in that. The initial reaction was when Mitchell Trubisky signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, great! Mitchell Trubisky is now the starter. His his dynasty va- skyrocketed, and and everybody was penciling him in as a, you know, a potential decent QB two maybe in Superflex. We've seen that he's got that rushing potential. He could produce, but actually, 
once the the kind of contract details have trickled out this year this is backup money like that's that's less than the browns paid case keenum two years ago that's you know that that sort of fringe bridge quarterback we've seen over the last couple of years the nick Foles, the you know andy dalton got 10 million dollars the steelers are paying trubisky a lot less than that and i view this as the steelers aren't done adding to this quarterback room i think that they this is to me almost confirmed that they're going to draft someone and or they really like what they see in Dwayne Haskins. I noticed they tended him at original round tender, which which means he's back next year. I do wonder if maybe this has opened up your your kind of sell window for Mitch Trubisky, because I think if anybody else is thinking that he's going to be a starter for all 16 games in Pittsburgh, I'd be shocked because you've kind of got to follow what the contract says and that that money you know seven million a year is is not starter money um so i think that i wouldn't be shocked if now pittsburgh continue to draft a guy in the first round mitch trubisky is is the perfect bridge because it basically takes the pressure off we're not desperate for a quarterback we don't need to trade up and go and get one if one falls to us in this year's draft great if not we look to next year um but yeah if if i'm from a dynasty perspective any shares I've got of Mitch Trubisky, I'm I'm selling as as quickly as I can because I d- really do think that in a month's time, once we get to the draft, I'm not convinced that Mitch Trubisky is the bona fide starter for 16 games for the Steelers. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I do think that I'm going to have to sell Trubisky everywhere that I got him. I don't have him in many places. Um, I didn't feel the need to go and trade for him prior to um, free agency. So moving on, Rich, James White uh, at some point yesterday, I believe, signed a deal. He's back with Patsy, re-signed two years, 2.5 mil, um, a nothing deal. He's just going to be the backup um, to nice. the Stevenson-Harris backfield there, I believe. A nice little sneaky buy, maybe. You can get him. I mean, he's been going so cheap in startups I've been doing recently. I think look, he's he's never going to be a great stud. He's never going to be reliable, but maybe as a cheeky little deep flex option, um, I think you can go a lot worse. You know, Mac Jones isn't going to exactly take off and run, is he? Those checkdowns are still going to be there. If you can get James White for what what we having to pay for him now, like a, a third, maybe even a fourth, um, he could be a decent throw in. If if you're a contender, I don't think he's ever going to you know be back to James White RB two, but it's it's a sneaky little addition shall we say so um dj chark he signed with the lions on a one-year 10 million guaranteed deal when i looked at this originally when the first the news first broke i thought that was a crazy deal um for someone that didn't really show much and then the more i thought about it the, the more I've kind of simmered on it, but I still think that's a little bit too much considering what other wide receivers are still out there. Um, but then those other wide receivers could be demanding a lot more right now. I think it, it makes sense to me because you're paying, you pay the premium in terms of amount because it's only a one-year deal. So, you know, if Chart was probably in that sort of seven to eight million a year range, 
you're paying that slight premium because it's only the one year deal. I get it. You know, this is a guy that's shown flashes. He is the prototypical X style receiver. He is, you know, the one guy in free agency that you could say could come in and, and be a, a true bona fide wide receiver one that's probably going to sign in Detroit because I don't think Alan Robinson, I don't think Odell Beckham were, were going to look at Detroit. I think it's a sensible deal for Detroit. They get the, a look at a guy that could be that kind of true X at a potentially cheap cost. And and there's not, you're not tying him in long-term. I, I still think Detroit are going to add another receiver in the draft. But again, it, it takes away that desperate need. If if the receiver doesn't fall to them in the second rounds, they they don't need to desperately try and trade up to grad one. They they've got Amaron St. Brown, I think, is a decent slot option. They've got DJ Chark, who's that decent X. They've just re-signed um was it Josh Reynolds or Cleef Raymond that they re-signed just a couple of weeks Josh ago? Josh Reynolds. Yeah. That's that's a that's an okay receiving call. Okay. You're going into next year with an okay receiving call. Yes, if you can go and get one of these potential receivers in in the second round that's a great addition but it doesn't stop you from making that move and it doesn't mean you have to make that move it, it allows them some freedom so I, for, if I'm the Detroit fan I'm really pleased that I think that's a really sensible decision to go and make that money and you know if, if I'm a Jaguars fan I quite frankly I'd rather have DJ Chark at 10 million than I would a Christian Kirk at 18 that's for sure um, the Lions did also re-sign um, Khalif Raymond as well Oh, there you go. So, um, not that I'd expect any of them to be fancy relevant. DJ Chark and um, Amon Russell Brown are probably the two you're looking at. What do you, whoever they draft? What are you doing with DJ Chark from a dynasty perspective? Do you do you quite like that landing spot? Do you think he's got some potential to flash? Or, um, I think it's really risky at the moment because. You don't know what they're going to do in the draft, and I, I'm in the the same wheelhouse as you as that. I believe that they're going to be taking a wide receiver in the top two rounds, and um, but at the same time, I do kind of like him as a sneaky buy if you can get him cheap right now. Cheap, I mean, probably a very late second, if not just like two thirds. Um, but other than that, I'm not. I'm probably not touching him. Yeah, I think if I can get him as a flyer, as a throw-in, as you said, yeah, late second in Superflex. I don't mean really late, like it's got to be 211, 212. Um, yeah, w- why not take a flyer on him? He, he could flash. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not paying probably more than that. I do tend to agree with you there. Um, back to your Jets, Rich. We had CJ Uzama from the Bengals sign with, with your beloved Jets. Three years, 24 million. What do you feel about this? I'm not going to say anything because I'm a massive user, um, user a fan. I loved him the year that he got um, injured. He had two great games and then tore his ACL. I did like him yes, uh, last year. And he had a, a very good season with the Bengals. And I kind of expected him to re-sign there. So I'm going to let you just take this one away. I think... If we're talking pure numbers-wise, I think it's a bit of an overpay in terms of the contract numbers. I really like the move from the Jets. They had a gaping hole there. They have not had a competent tight end since Chris Herndon's rookie year. Um, and I think that this this plugs a hole. I'm convinced that they're still drafting a tight end. I don't think that this anyone who's 
you know, plugging in Uzoma as as a potentially fantasy relevant tight end, I'd I'd hold your horses. I think this is a you know, as I talked about with DJ Chark, this is a move to me of right. We've we've filled the hole. We're no longer desperate for a tight end, but let's go and get our long term tight end. I think Uzoma fills the hole quite nicely. He's a nice bridge tight end to something more sexy and something down the line. I really think they're going to draft one of the guys, whether it be in the second or third round this year. As a Jets fan, I'm happy because I really like him. I think he's a fantastic leader. I think he brings so much to the team as, you know, if you listen to anybody in that Bengals offense last year, they talked about Uzoma and, and everything he brought to that offense. And I'm very excited about him coming to join the Jets. From a fantasy relevant perspective, I again, I'm, I'm probably selling <laughs> uh, if, if you can if you can get anything in a normal ppr league i'd probably take a third at this stage um i really don't expect him to be fancy relevant i think he's my like where are we he's my tight end 22 currently in my ranks i'm i'm just not overly excited about him at all um in some smaller deals i've got on here jakeen grant signed with the Browns, a two-year deal. I didn't quite catch the uh, monetary value there. You've got Donta Foreman signed with the Panthers, one-year, two-mil deal. Uh, so he's going to be backing up uh, McCaffrey after a very, very decent season uh, coming back from that Achilles injury last year. Then Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod Taylor, however you, you pronounce it, signed with the New York Giants, two-year in Mel- two-year 11 mil guaranteed up to 17 million incentives so he's going to be backing up um he's going to be backing up daniel jones i don't know how you feel about that rich i think that that signing is kind of a a warning to daniel jones and i i wouldn't be surprised if i saw tyra taylor in uh in a few games two or three games yeah, it feels like to me that's the signing where you say, right, Daniel Jones, this is your last chance. If you fall apart by the midpoint of the season, we're going to move on from you, but we're going to bring in a competent quarterback that will allow us to evaluate the rest of the offence. Because the problem is, is that, you know, as we saw last year when Daniel Jones got injured, they they had you know Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm come in and the offense can't function because they're both terrible and you can't evaluate the receivers you can't evaluate the offensive line you can't evaluate the offense as a whole because you don't have competent quarterback play. Tyra Taylor is not sexy. Tyra Taylor is not going to win you a Super Bowl, but Tyra Taylor is going to be you know reliable and bring you that competent offense that will allow you to assess who's going to be around long term and. You know, it's a new regime. They've got nothing tied to Daniel Jones. I think it's a really sensible move because it it, it allows a veteran presence. And Tyra Taylor has shown time and time again, you know, you look at every place he's been, the rookie young quarterbacks have produced fantastically when he's been around. And I think he is a dream kind of veteran presence. And I think it's it's only a really sensible smart move for the for the giants from a fantasy perspective it's you know it's it's probably not relevant hopefully you know daniel jones does produce but i think it's a really smart move from an nfl perspective and then the last bit of uh, news based around who has currently signed jd mckissick 
Um, we left a little bit of drama to the last rich. So he originally signed with the Bills two years, seven mil guaranteed. But as I said, a player can't actually sign a contract until the start of the new league year. And since the Bills uh, went into that agreement with J.D. McKissick, the Washington Commanders actually said, we'll pay you the exact same deal. Um, And J.D. McKissick basically did a U-turn on the uh, Buffalo Bills and he's now going back to Washington on the exact same two years, seven mil guarantee deal. Um, Rich, I'm not a huge fan of what he's done here. I understand why he's done it because there's, suppose in quotation marks, there's less competition there because there's only really Gibson he needs to try and get ahead of in the depth chart. But he's also going with Wentz, and I, I'm assuming he's kind of seen what the what name Hines uh, has been able to do in um, in Indianapolis. He's going to try and mimic that with Wentz, but I would have preferred him with Daniel Jones and him try and do something along the uh, along the lines of overtake Devin Singletary in Buffalo. What do you feel about this deal, Rich? Do you think that he's just going to be be a PPR option uh, for people's flex spots? Yeah, I'm not sure there's any fancy relevancy to, to JD McKissick. I think he'll probably have some decent, you know, decent weeks, but you're a better man than I if you can predict when they're going to be. Um, so I, th- I think, yeah, look, he's not going to be fancy relevant. I think the biggest news that came of it was your, your cell window for Antonio Gibson's probably been and gone. Um, I think there was a nice little uh, opportunity when it flashed up that Jamie McKissick was going every, any, somewhere else and everybody got excited that Antonio Gibson was finally going to get to buy uh, to some targets. Um, but look, I think it's, it's difficult to criticise Jamie McKissick. We don't know all the ins and outs. It might have been that, you know, the Bills promised him something and then reneged on it. Um, it so, is what it is. Sorry, so from, from what I've seen... Uh, reported the bill uh, the Washington commanders didn't actually say or give him a deal they didn't offer him anything and then when they saw the um bills deal go through they then said that they had to pay him the exact same and yeah. he wants to go back to where he's come from so it makes sense look look it, it, it probably doesn't affect Antonio Gibson you know he was running at 12 last year with JD McKissick still there I, I don't think it really does anything does it from a fancy perspective it calls the hype on uh, on Gibson, but it doesn't make any huge differences. I'm not worried about Gibson. He's been a, a top 12 back in the past two seasons, or top 13, I think, in PPR. Um, I'm not worried about him with McKissick there. But, Rich, that concludes this uh, segment. Let's just do a quick recap of who is left uh, in free agency. Wide receiver-wise, um, it's still some of the big names, um, and if not all of the big names that we really thought of. So obviously Julio Jones, who got released, is in the market now. You've also got Alan Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Will Fuller, all ready to uh, all ready to sign with a team. I think they're holding out a little bit to see what the market's going to be like. Is there anyone there that you necessarily want to touch on? 
I think it's it's a really interesting bunch. I think Alan Robinson, I really hope, is, is back to the Alan Robinson of old. And just last year, he was just dropping because he didn't get his contract. Um, I think Julio Jones, as I said, could be a really interesting guy on the market. Odell Beckham, I, I fully expect to re-sign with the Rams. We're probably not going to see him much at the beginning of the year after that ACL tear. Um, Jarvis Landry, I think, has got more left in the tank than I think Dynasty managers believe. Um, you could probably get him for, you know, probably, right fab, probably fab right now. And I think <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he signed somewhere that meant, you know, he could win a title and, and be competitive. I really yeah. thought that he was going to sign as the wide receiver three in Tampa before Russell Gage signed there. So maybe maybe he goes to another contender. Could could we see Jarvis Landry at somewhere like the Bills, something like that? But, that there have be been rumours. There have been rumours that Jarvis Landry is signing with the Chiefs, but that was... Um, right after he got I, released, I know I that you don't like it, but um, I don't that's the only rumor that we've seen so far. Every free agent receiver is signing with the Chiefs at some point. Um, look, I, I really like Juju, and I think he could be, uh, you know, in the right hole, a, a fantastic fit. And you know, I'm I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to Will Fuller. I, I'm I'm ready to get <laughs> to get hurt all over again. So, um, looking at the quarterback position, the only real name that still hasn't signed is Jameis Winston. There's still quite a couple of spots that need a quarterback, Rich. Um, if you could, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you could pick one place that you would like to see him go and you think is feasible, where would that be? For Jameis. For Jameis, yeah. And I'm not allowed to say back with New Orleans. You can say wherever you want. Well, I mean, look, I think if, if Jameis is back in New Orleans, then I think he's he's going to be a fantastic buy in Dynasty yet again. Um, where else would I like to see him go? That's probably it. Maybe the Panthers. Um, I'm not sure he'd be able to survive <laughs> behind that offensive line. Um, but yeah, look, I'd if 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 the Sean Watson doesn't end up in New Orleans, I, I want Jameis to be back there because I really think that he could be something special from fantasy perspective if he does end up there. Fantasy running backs that are still left. You've got Rashad Penny and Leonard Fournette. When the news of Tom Brady um, unretiring came, I thought Leonard Fournette would have been one of the first people to sign back with the books, but he still hasn't signed anywhere, Rich. Um, so I, I think that they're both quite nice Um players to to just figure out where they're going but i wouldn't be buying or selling them right now no i I think it's one of these strange situations where if you're willing to take the risk the return on your investment on fournette or rashad penny could be huge because if they end up you know fournette ends up back with tampa or if penny ends up as you know the 1a in in pretty much any team the the return on that investment and their fancy production could be huge, but the risk is massive because Fournette could end up anywhere. Penny could end up sitting out in free agency for for weeks and end up having to take a backup role somewhere, and and then you've you've kind of burned yourself. Um, I'd imagine the the guys that roster Penny and Fournette probably aren't wanting to sell low, but I'd I'd certainly be sniffing around it. You know, if if you can get Leonard Fournette for what do you think, Liam? If you can get him for a second, and I'd probably be happy paying an early second, maybe even a late first. Um, 
I think mid-second for me is where I'd go just because I know if he goes somewhere that isn't Leonard Fournette friendly, I'm not sure how I feel about his production. Yeah. But I, I, I think you could get it done for a mid-second. Uh, I reckon, but it's definitely risky. I reckon, though, I don't know if I'm giving Leonard Fournette maybe too much credit. Well, if you've got the potential to go back to Tampa after what he did in Tampa last year... I'd like to think the only place he's going is a better home than Tampa. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think anybody's out there is going to give him massive money. So the only reason he wouldn't sign in Tampa is because he's picking a better situation. I don't know what that better situation would be, but that's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking if the money's not going to be massive it's got to be a better solution or he just re-signs in Tampa. And I think look, if I can get, if Leonard Fournette is back in Tampa, he's an RB1 this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'd, and a, I wouldn't and go a, RB1. A, I'd probably say high-end RB2. He was what, the RB4, RB5 last year? He was good, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying I don't fully guarantee that he's going to be an RB1 next year just because he's three signs with the team. I'll take I'll take you on that, Liam. If if Leonard Fournette... That is, offensive line has has dipped. Has in improved. Time. They've just traded for Shaq Mason. They've they've upgraded at guard. At guard, yes. But yeah, so they've got they've upgraded at guard. Okay. Center's come back, the tackles are still there. Ali Marpet just needs to come out of retirement and then they've, you know, they've upgraded the offensive line. I, right. I'm going to sit here and say, Liam, well, let's, let's have a bet. We, we, we'll have a, a, a drink on it. If Leonard Fournette is back in Tampa next year and I reckon he's an RB1. I feel like I'm giving you a lot there. Like, there's a lot okay. of situations where Leonard Fournette okay. is not Yeah, right, Yeah, I'll do that. But, I'll do that. Okay, there we go. We'll, a, we'll cocktail do that. Of, a cocktail of your choice. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Okay. Um, the last bit of um, news that I wanted to cover was our breaking news. Jarvis Landry will visit the Atlanta Falcons. So that's a, <laughs> a potential landing spot. That wasn't who what I was going to say. They need, um, they just just to, I suppose they need a receiver. They can't they just do. run out with uh, with nobody lined up at um, So another name that I'd forgotten on this list is your boy, Cadale Patterson, Rich. Um, I think the Falcons is the best landing spot for him, but we'll see where that goes. And Austin Hooper was also cut from the Browns. I missed that on my significant news section earlier. So um, David Njoku is now the tight end one there, and Austin Hooper is free to sign with whoever he wants. Rich, um, I want to plug a couple of things before we go. So keep an eye out on all of the five-yard rush, uh, or well, on the five-yard rush website. All of our diocese writers are hard at work um, getting articles out. I know Emerson dropped two last week on the Russell Wilson trade. I've got one that I'm editing for Dan at the moment. And then another one for Antonio that I'm editing at the moment. Um, and Emerson, I believe, is bringing out another one as well. Emerson's on absolute fire. Content, content is flying. Um, so 
guys, make sure you're checking out the website or the Five Yard Dynasty, Five Yard Rush um, accounts on Twitter because everything will be posted on there. And if you're in the JTT Cup run by uh, Matt from Twitter, um, that's it. I've got four more of those I can use, Rich. Um, So he has released all of his divisions this week, uh, or this week, today. Rich, I know that you're in the South Division. I think it's like the South Coast. Sorry, sorry, South Coast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically everywhere I've lived through my life is is where <laughs> apart from if you if you remove Loughborough everywhere I've lived is basically where everybody's from so uh, so yeah it's, it's quite Brilliant. it's quite nice uh, sort of to, to get to know people from my uh, from my neck of the woods um, and then I'm from or I, I am in the Cheshire and West Mids division also known as the group of death um, I, took, I took exception to that why, of why course you did of course you did why I have no idea why but I'm taking death. it you're, you're in it, Liam. It can't be a group of death. Rich, I beat you in most of the <laughs> leagues last year. Let's not forget that. Um, so, yeah, if you're in the JTC Cup, make sure you check out your division. And, Rich, is there anything you want to plug? I know we've got a UK FFC announcement tomorrow. No, um, still get your tickets. There's still a few floating around. They are selling very fast. Um, yeah, get get in because you, you don't want to miss out and they could be running out very soon. So that's it from us. I know that Murph is working on um, a website page on the 5 Yard Rush website to track all of the still free agents. And he's also bringing out some podcasts around the free agency frenzy. So keep an eye out for those. But until next week, guys, we'll see you later and have a great week. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.